Hello and welcome to H&B Conversations with Cosmo and Rivka. Hey everybody. Alright, so where we'll start off today, because I have this, I, I remember right now what this is, it's the hello of the week. Yes. And so, <clears throat> the hello for this week is Chichewa. And Chichewa is a language spoken in Africa. Cosmo, take it away. Yeah, uh, Chichewa, also known as either Chua or Chinyanja, oh, is wow. a Bantu language spoken in uh, the African nations of Malawi and, and a recognized minority in Zambia and Mozambique. Uh, so that's Chichewa. How many people? Um, it's about... Like all together, like 10, 10 million, million speakers. 10 million speakers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the way you say hello in Chichewa is moni. It looks like the word mani, but it's moni. And that's that's it. You just huh. go moni. Remember that song in the 80s? You make me feel moni, moni, so moni, moni. That's what makes me think of it. Oh, that. It'd be maybe like that has... spoke Chichewa, they'd just be here. You make me feel hello, hello. Hello, hello. Huh, that's, that's pretty good. Huh? Yeah, that didn't cross my mind at all. Yeah, but Not it at all. did mine. Okay, so are we answering questions today, or are we going to talk a little bit about what's going on today, yeah, or are we going to do a little bit of we, both? Uh, let's uh, probably a little bit of both. Um, okay. You know, obviously, I've been talking about it every day mm-hmm. uh, on Daily Mana, uh-huh. and so, um, but. You know, I think it would be um, appropriate for us to kind of share how, you know. Mm-hmm. How it's like affecting us maybe? Yeah, or... I suppose. Yeah. Well, I mean. And I, maybe since you, you know, they, everyone's heard from me a lot. And mm-hmm. since you lived, that was, that Israel was home to you mm-hmm. for a significant portion of your um, formative years. And so, um it has affected you in a really personal way, um, in a deeply emotional way, and so mm-hmm. it might be good to. Yeah, I would say the last two weeks have been really rough. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they've been rough for my kids. They've been rough for me, and I think it's been nice. My kids have been super sensitive towards me about the whole thing, because um, it's emotional. I, for me, it feels emotional on both sides, though. Like I'm completely pro-Israel. However, I also had Muslim friends and Palestinian friends um, because you can be Palestinian and be Christian. Mm -hmm. You know, there are Coptic Christians. Um, Because you went to an international school. I did. I went to an international British school in Jerusalem. And so there weren't like tons and tons of Americans. I mean, clearly I was American and we we were there, but there was an equal amount of people from, or students from all over the world. Um, so I recognize, you know, when people are, like when it's going back and forth, there are innocent victims on both sides because the, the who is evil in this scenario is um, Hamas and uh, who is innocent are the Israelis. And then you have, I think, I was I was looking up the statistics and it's something like um in in 2005 or 2007 is thank when you. Hamas took the is the yeah, and they did away with elections and I think people don't always realize that. I don't know how much information people have concerning Israel, Hamas and the Gaza Strip. I think, you know, I think for a lot of folks, look, I I suppose um, that for folks that are not emotionally connected to a particular land, there are a lot of things that they're unaware of in this in in a similar way that I couldn't tell you. You know, uh, our Elizabeth, who's our you know friend, part of our congregation, lived in Africa for years. She could tell us about what's going on in Gambia or in Mozambique or in these other places that right, we but we don't tune into emotionally that emotionally unaware. So when we hear about the genocides that are happening in the nations of Africa, things that are happening in Uganda, um, it doesn't, for instance, uh, it's not on our radar. And I, I think, I think for a lot of folks, it's simply, it's out of sight, out of mind, not on our radar. And, um, well, so in the year of 2007, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was after the after the Lebanon war. Okay, so um, they um, Hamas basically took over and did away with elections. 
and there are about 20,000 registered with Hamas in Gaza, but the rest of the Palestinians, and there's, I think, like 2 million? Yeah, 2.3 million, I think. Yeah, are not uh, registered with Hamas, nor do they necessarily support Hamas. But because Hamas is a terrorist organization, they don't just terrorize other people. They also terrorize their own people. Um, You know, when my parents still lived in Israel, um, uh, Christian Arabs were murdered all the time by other Arabs because they were Christian. Right. And um, so these people, from my perspective on the Palestinian side, are also victims of Hamas. Mm -hmm. They just are helpless. They don't have anybody. And and many of them, right, are under a... um, the the like the children grow up what's taught in the schools is to there they grow up learning to hate israel oh well, yeah and so well yeah they're so, under the deception of hamas as well well all all um like all uh dictators all fascists um all of they limit the information that you can receive right or they tell you to only get your information from this one source one of the things that I do is I don't ever get my information from any one source. I'm looking, I'm like researching, investigating in real time, and I'm listening to everyone or reading from everywhere. Yeah, so like when we, we tend to watch um, multiple news networks on, on every side. And read side. multiple papers, and mm-hmm. and you can tell, once you've been doing that, you can tell um, who's who's really trying to pull you to their side because they're taking facts and they're manipulating them in such a way that puts you in a position of fear or um, like, oh my gosh, you know, like pulls you to their side politically. Right. And personally, I'm not looking to be political and nor do I want to feel manipulated manipulated politically. I just want information. Right. I want the facts of what's going on in real time. Um and it doesn't mean that uh, mainstream media is always the bad guy. Uh, most of what I read that has misinformation, at least presently, is not coming from mainstream media unless it's an opinion piece. So right. the differences are you have news, and news legally needs to be accurate and correct. It doesn't matter if it's in a newspaper or if it's news on television. If they are not accurately correct um, and have sources and can back their stories up, they can be sued. Right. I mean, well, that's why sometimes they have to say things like, um, um, we haven't independent, independently verified this. This is what's right. Coming, you know, when they give that. This is what we're hearing, but it hasn't been verified. That kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It could because it has to be accurate. Now, what we do have, whether it's in the newspaper or on mainstream media, we have people who are opinion journalists. They have shows. They have segments. They have all this. They don't actually have to be honest with what they're saying. Mm-hmm. They can take anything and manip- manipulate it because it's their opinion. It's not actually news. Right. So whether you have a left or a right individual, their opinion is intended to sway you to their side. Right. So I prefer to not actually read and watch a lot of opinion pieces. Um I will sometimes because I want to know what either side is thinking or their perspective. So I will sometimes. But for the most part, um, for the most part, you know, we have to fact check everything because um, because there's always people out there that are looking to pull you to to their side politically. Excuse me. I'm going to. And so. um and so, yeah, that's that's been exhausting, I think, the last two weeks of really finding out what the truth is. And there have been moments where I've been like, whoa, hold on. Okay, so is this right or isn't this right? Because personally, I don't want to believe or, or project or share anything that isn't truth because as soon as it's proven to not be truth, I know that if I'm listening to somebody or I get an article about something from somebody or whatever... If I find out that it's untrue or that this individual was truly trying to manipulate me, they right, left outside. I will not listen to them anymore. Right. right. And so they, I want to be they credible. Lose credibility. Exactly. So I want to be credible. So, um, yeah. So, uh, and I don't know that a lot of people know the history of Israel. You know, I was on the phone yesterday with um, my, our son, Giovanni, and 
he was like, I just don't understand how people can be saying this about Israel, how they can call them colonizers or occupationists or, you know, how they can speak about them in terms like, you know, someone compared um, Bibi Netanyahu to a modern day Hitler. Uh, anyone who has the audacity to do that doesn't know their history, doesn't actually understand what Hitler did, and doesn't actually understand what Netanyahu has done. I'm not a fan of Netanyahu. I'm not a fan of any government 100%. Governments are led by men, and men are flawed, and they also seek power. Um, and so there's no innocent government, so to speak. But he's definitely not Hitler. And another That's thing... Absurd. I know. And another thing is that every time... So the history of Israel goes like this. So you go all the way back to pre-World War um, II, and let's go all the way back to, let's say, the Ottoman Empire. Well, it's been a very long time since there has been a Palestinian state, so to speak. Um, once the Ottoman Empire fell, um, and Giovanni and I were talking about this last night, once the Ottoman Empire fell, different... Um, countries like basically controlled different areas so the area that was palestine was pretty much controlled by england uh -huh. um, britain had that whole area so we hit world war ii we hit the holocaust um well and if you back up actually in 1917 there was something called the balfour declaration okay and what they did in 1917 was um at that point you already had um jewish settlers um, like well first of all you had people jewish people had been in the land perpetually forever yeah right? and they so, got along fine but with Arabs. um when when you think about um so let's say uh, the the height of uh, american immigration um in the late 19th century early 20th century um you know there were there was a lot of movement all over the world and so there were a lot of Jews that were returning to the land. So, for instance, because of, I mean, to give you an example from from a movie you may have watched, if you watched at the end of Fiddler on the Roof, right? Right. At the end of Fiddler on the Roof, it's it's probably They're 1906. They're going to America. And some are going to... But, Palestine. Yeah, some are going to America. Uh, some are, you know, going to be with family here and there. And then the matchmaker, what's her name? Uh, Yenta. Yenta is going back to the Holy Land, right? Right. So you had, uh, you had uh, Jews returning, uh, making Aliyah. Uh, mm -hmm. go, that means going uh, going up and going back to the land. And um, and so when they would be in Israel, Israel was uh, there were places that were already m mostly Jews, and there were other places that were mostly right. Arab. So and so the Balfour Declaration was uh, was saying there needed to be a uh, a state, a Jewish state, and um, a, a state for the Arab for the Palestinians. Right. And that didn't go into effect, but right. it, that was that was initially kind of put on the burner, like saying, "Hey, this is something that needs to happen." Right. Like one of my um, one of my teachers in high school, she was Jewish, and she was talking about that her grandfather, like they had been in the land forever, like they didn't necessarily migrate in recent history to Israel, and she was telling us stories <clears throat> because we had a class that one of our classes that we did, because again, I went to a school in Jerusalem that was very international. Um, but we had a class that put together um, Jewish kids, uh, American kids, Palestinian kids who were, you know, between some of them were Coptic and some of us were, or some of us, some of them were Coptic, some of them were Muslim. And we sat down because we were all really good friends. There wasn't anyone in our high school class. Now it wasn't a massive class, but there wasn't anyone in our high school class that didn't get along or, or uh, didn't like each other. So they decided to make this class to where we could sit down and kind of talk about our differences and talk about how to bring sides together. And so I learned a, a lot about their perspective and vice versa. But she was telling us in that class that, um, so her grandfather and her great grandfather who had been here or here had been in Israel, um, the whole time had no problem, had no conflicts with Arabs there. Everybody was getting along just fine. So then, <clears throat> so then you have the Holocaust that takes place and you have um, uh, the uh, oh, they had the 
uh, NATO? No, the United Nations. United Nations. Okay, right. I just, my brain just totally clamped down. So you had the United Nations after the Holocaust that decide to give this people group who have no place, no place in the world. They're a people group, but <clears throat> they have no land. They have no country. So decide to give this people group who has been persecuted and genocide has been taking place through the centuries. This isn't the first time people have decided, let's do away with the Jews. It was just the culmination of... Well, mo- I, of It was the... the- I think it's a culmination of the world stayed silent for a long time. Right. I think that um, Germany was rewriting history. Hitler was rewriting history. Hitler was fear-mongering. And Hitler decided that, you know, Jewish people were the reason for all their problems. And if we could just do away with the Jewish people, we would finally have the fatherland the way it's supposed to be, and we would be awesome. And Christians stayed silent. Um, I think, well, uh, uh Hitler considered himself a Christian. A lot of Germans considered themselves God-fearing Christians. The KKK considers themselves God-fearing Christians. And they hate, hate, hate. Um, And so from a Jewish perspective, everybody stayed silent until, you know, the United States got pulled in through being bombed by the Japanese on Pearl Harbor. Then we got pulled into the war. It wasn't like the United States at that time was just like, you know, this is a terrible atrocity. If anything, I don't think America even knew about it. I don't think a lot of the world knew about it. I mean, to be fair, I think Germany was doing a really good job at keeping things secret. So when the soldiers went in and they hit the concentration camps, they were stunned. Right. They couldn't believe. That's when the pictures started coming out. Now, there were... It, now, Jewish families within the United right. States were hearing from their families in Germany but it and Poland. Impossible. and Right. But it was possible to them. So they, I mean, it's always possible to a Jewish person. They're very aware that this could happen at any time. It's why your dad told you when you were 12 years old, don't ever tell anybody that you're Jewish. Yeah. I mean, you think about, and I, I've been thinking about that in terms of the follow-up statement to that when he said to me, because it didn't, I mean, he he then didn't keep it hidden once he, you know. Sure, no, your dad he, was like but, majorly into but stuff. But what he said was the persecution always comes back. Right. There may be decades, there may be seasons of safety, and, and the United States is the safe, he said, the US, this is the safest place to be Jewish, but the persecution always returns. And... um and you you know you hit a period of time where you go um i think i think we're good now right and um and then it it rears its head anti-semitism which is a you know is a um is irrational mm-hmm. and demonic um is pervasive and it's hidden, and and um, and it it is not against. Uh, you think about how uh, Jewish people are. Um, there are Ethiopian Jews. There are Russian you know, you Jews. Have, there, there are you Arab have Jews, Jew, Sephardic Jews, and you have Jews that are that are red-headed Jews and blonde and blue-eyed Jews, fair-skinned Jews, yeah. and. And so it's not something that is, uh, and it's not, and 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 you have Jews who don't believe in God, uh, mm-hmm. so it's not even solely religious. It's it's not about a belief system. It's not about a color of skin. It's not. I mean, it it is about. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's 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 insane. Yeah. But uh, it's not grounded <laughs> in something that. But anyway, it's so pervasive that it 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 shows up. Right. Um, I was reading something recently. Uh, by uh, Michael Brown, um, where he he was talking about how you know he really thought anti-Semitism was uh, was gone. He said, but suddenly you know he's in in he said in 2019 he would be when he when he, any of his videos if he deal with anything Jewish all of a sudden um, his Christian viewership would go down. Yeah. And, and then people, he said, he said there was one time where they had to turn off comments because he was shocked that people wrote the most vile, horrible things. Uh, and, uh, and so it's, it's shocking. I honestly, yeah, I honestly think that, um, 
racism of any kind is a human problem. I don't know, you know, I think education helps with uh, destroying racism. I think that um, learning about other cultures and having an understanding that, you know, just because we're different doesn't mean one is wrong. We're just different would help that problem. But ultimately, racism is a human problem. And it starts with uh, hatred and wanting power or anger or just... It's a human issue. Um, anyone who denies that racism exists or that anti-Semitism exists or that somehow it's deserved is an incredibly ignorant, ignorant individual. Um, but yeah, Jews regularly will see in Christians, I think they, that I know that my children have been absolutely stunned at the silence on social media. Um, I think when everything happened, you know, all three of my younger kids, my adult children or my adult sons are married, but my three younger children, um, they're on social media. I am a homeschool mom, but there's a lot of stuff that I have, you know, I want them to connect and, and, um, be modern basically. So they're on social media and they see everybody with their controversial comments in the past. It doesn't matter what it was about when, when we were going through 2020, Everybody had an opinion and everybody was arguing and fighting and, 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 you know, had no problem being controversial. And it was like, we are Christians, you know, we have the right to this and da, 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 da. And then you have something like this that happens that, you know, Israel is in our, is a part of our faith. Israel is in our Bibles. Israel, the Jewish people are, you know, our Hebrew roots and, you know, how many people are interested in those things and, And usually when we're going around and we're talking in different churches and stuff like this, people are always very supportive and like, oh, yeah, we love the Jewish people. And, you know, and yet my kids who immediately got on social media and began supporting Israel and began um, putting out information concerning the hostages and things like that. My daughter came to me and she said, where is everybody? It's silent. There's like nobody putting out anything. And for them, being Jews, this was very scary. This was very scary. It was hurtful. They felt um, intentionally dismissed. Like, okay, now, now this is going to affect someone else negatively, so we don't care how it affects you. We don't care that you might feel like your life's at risk or this is a danger to you because it affects us. We're going to stay silent. The... Um... <clears throat> you know the when you the levels of the atrocities the kinds of atrocities that were done the things when you're talking about from babies to to um the, the young elderly, adults to, old all people. through um there is the sense that if if uh when if and when things like this happen to another people group that um, that there would be collective outrage and there, and there, look, there is uh clear outrage. Um, but, but there would be, you know, people would be, you know, j- just as everyone kind of came together for Ukraine or whatever, <clears throat> there would be kind of this collective outrage. And so when there is, when there is silence from those who are normally vocal, mm-hmm. Um, that's where you go, wait, hold on. It's not silence from this, those who are normally silent. I understand people saying, hey, I, I just, I don't, I don't, people that don't post generally. Right. Okay. Well, they weren't, right. They, our kids didn't think it was silent because it's normally silent and they're waiting for someone to speak up. They have been on social media since 2020. Right. They have seen and heard everybody. Right. They have seen and heard everybody yell about this and scream about that and everything. What was remarkable is how quiet social media got during this specific event. Right. Normally people are very loud. Influencers are very loud. It doesn't matter what it's about. They're very loud. And you have influencers from all over the place. But I think like, you know, for, for my son, you know, he's, he's turning 13 next month and, um, he's really learning a lot. And, uh, he's always, he, there's not a part of, excuse me, there's not a part of Raphael that doesn't feel 
Jewish. He knows he's Italian as well. He knows he's Greek as well. And by the way, this is all American. You can be all these things and still be American. But he's he's grown up being Jewish. And so this really scared him. For there to be such terrible things happening in Israel, a place his mother grew up, a place his grandparents have lived, and we talk about Israel all the time, and we know that you know we're Jewish, and for him it became such a scary thing that he asked me if I would sit in bed with him until he fell asleep at night, because he was scared, and I don't think that's an uncommon feeling among kids who are Jewish in our country um, because everybody's fully aware that at any moment things could go terribly wrong. Now, I'm not saying that other cultures aren't persecuted. I'm not saying that, I mean, what has happened to um, this little boy who was murdered by this, I don't know. The little Palestinian boy. The little Palestinian boy. In Chicago. Who was murdered and his mother was stabbed. That's wickedness. It's absolute wickedness and evil. It's not okay. None of this is okay. Um, And I'm not, there's no justification for it. And I think it should outrage everyone. The same way it should outrage people when a uh, synagogue is terrorized, you should be outraged when a mosque is terrorized. Because if people can hate to that extent, it can come for everyone. Hate is hate. It people doesn't can, discriminate. Look, the reality <clears> is, is that <throat> sometimes like people can start to become nervous. Uh, you know, look, I remember um, in the early 2000s, you, like people, they, they become afraid of what they don't understand or what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, in the early 2000s. Um, I do want to at some point get back to my history of Israel. Oh. We've kind of gone off, but go ahead. Well, I was going to simply say we were um, we were living in Kansas City. This was post 9-11, but it was, 9-11 wasn't the issue for me. Riv and I had gone into uh, a restaurant in downtown Kansas City called the Jerusalem Cafe. And so we're sitting in there. Because they had falafels and shawarma. Yeah, and so we're in there. and um, And it becomes apparent to me. Um, I understand quickly that this Jerusalem cafe, but this is, these are, um, Palestinians and internally I became tense, tense. Yeah. I became uncomfortable and I just, and I didn't and though you ribbed in and, and, um, and there came a point at which, um, she begins to interact with, and I, and I recognized you know, like, I know I'm not supposed to feel this way, but I feel nervous um and um and Rivka begins to interact with the the owner the guy the that's running the place or whatever and uh and this then was a very long time ago is, so Yasser Arafat was still yeah Arafat like, was still there yeah and the guy says and and he's Palestinian he goes ugh we he he goes we hate Arafat we hate what he's done uh you know he's not made things better for for our people mm-hmm. um he's brought a bad reputation upon us and yada 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 and all of a sudden I'm seeing an attitude that is not the stereotype that I had imagined, and <clears throat> and I've and I remember feeling internally rebuked over my fear and my own well again um, though your prejudice fear, I was right but your fear yeah your fear came from ignorance right so that's what I'm saying it these things come from a place of complete ignorance. Um, because there is no such thing as like a holy bad people or a, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the, the wickedness that, what? Like no individual, like know who individuals are. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so getting back to, I mean, yeah. yeah. So they, yeah, I, back to the history. Back to the history. Okay. Cause I just, I, I want to make sure that everyone understands what's happening. So you have then um, World War II, you have the United Nations that get together, and England uh, decides to give the area that they own or are over in, the, uh, in that area of <clears throat> like where Palestine is to the Jewish people. But with the understanding that there will be a two-state kind of thing where Palestinians have their their places and um you're is, talking about the UN resolution in yes. 1947 yeah so they the it began with a 
the where is it was mostly Jews. It was going to be a Jewish state, and areas that were mostly uh, Arab and Palestinian was going to be a Palestinian state. Right. That was part of the original, and that's how plan. it was laid out. Right. That's how it was laid out. And then what takes place is that you have at one point you have, um, I believe it was Lebanon and Jordan try to come in. And so Israel pushes them out, and I think that's where we have the... Um, oh, well, yeah, that's Egypt, Lebanon, Jordan. You yes, have the 1967... E- right, so you have uh, 1967, and so Israel is attacked, and then Israel that's pushes... That's six-day war. Right, and then Israel pushes them out and basically keeps a part of the territory there to protect themselves right, as, because they were attacked. And then you As ha- a buffer zone. As as a, yeah, were. and then you have um, the Yom Kippur War, Right. And so again, Israel pushes them out and keeps a zone to protect themselves there. Mm-hmm. So then this is why you will have people that want to say they are occupiers or that they are um, uh, colonizers or whatever. Well, even if you back up, though, you have to back up to the 1948 war, the Arab-Israeli war. And so uh, the uh, Arab community didn't want... Uh, they felt like Israel was getting too much land, um, and they didn't want there to be an Israel. Many didn't want there to be an Israel at all, and they felt like since they were not, uh, a mi- they were a minority that they they were getting too much land, even though much of that land was arid and and seemingly useless. Um, and so they that basically I'm summarizing here, um, but they decided to reject the idea and they fought against an Israeli state altogether. So then um, the area that was going to they they basically left and then joined in with the the nations around to to fight against mm-hmm. uh, the Jewish people and and uh, the Jews won Israel right. won and the area that was going to be um, a Palestinian state like the West Bank um, mm-hmm. and Gaza, those areas that were largely Palestinian, um, Israel maintained those areas. Right, parts and they basically of, were, became like a part of Israel. Correct. So, I mean, <clears throat> some of that, um, you know, there's a there's a really good, well-done book um, that was done in the early 2000s uh, called The Case for Israel by Alan Dershowitz. And in every chapter, um, he deals with the accusation Mm-hmm. Um, followed by here's what people are saying. Here's what's being taught in the universities and so forth. He's a Harvard professor, lawyer. Mm-hmm. Here's what's being taught, and then here's the reality, and here's the proof. Right. There's evidence, and so he does it really methodically, <clears throat> uh, chapter by chapter, that can give you a really good understanding of some of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would things. highly recommend the book. Yeah, I mean, when I came back to this country when I was 19, um, and I went to a Christian which is now a university, but a, a Christian college, um, they wouldn't call Israel Israel. They would only call it Palestine. Wow. And so I, that was my first interaction, like real interaction with kind of surprise. Like, wait, what? Like Israel's Israel. That's I, I just live there. Like I know it's Israel, but people will do things like that, showing their support or what they believe or, you know, whatever. So... Anyways, in the early 2000s or the mid, was it around there? I think George W. Bush was president and they- oh, the ad- second intifada? Yeah, well, they they adopted, there was a resolution that was done within the government, I believe, that just, that said, okay, so this is what's going on in Israel, and, but there needs to be a two-state- That was under, that was Bill Clinton, Clinton oh, the Bill Oslo Clinton, Accords okay. in 1993, 94. Okay. So you go back even further. Something happened, though. I'm trying to remember what happened. I'm not been feeling Well, what that. happened in, in the early 2000s was when Ariel Sharon went to the Temple Mount, um, and the, um, the Palestinians saw that as a, because Ariel Sharon had been part of the Lebanese War, in, um, and, uh, and so they saw that as a... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it basically disrespectful to their own religion and as incite an incitement. And so you had an uprising that began again. You had a you had a, you had the 1987 intifada, and then you had the yeah. the, the like in 2000. So before two before right when 9/11, I lived in Israel, 
you had these you had these uh, remember the pizza hut the not pizza hut the pizza place that was bombed um, you had all these suicide bombings happening in the early 2000s right um, when I lived in Israel the PLO was what was big right. um, but okay so but at some point Israel starts to give back things so that's how come so I don't know what year it is I'm terrible with numbers it's actually like a real problem however at one point Israel um, calls out all the Israelis from the Gaza Strip and like 10,000 Israelis leave because it had been occupied. Mm -hmm. And so they pull out all the Israelis and they give this back to basically the Palestinians and they encourage them to rule themselves Mm -hmm. and to, um, and that's why you, they start having elections and they start having things like that. It's why they are there today. Um, it's why the Hamas got voted in, but have been there since 2007. Okay. And so you have on the border there, you do have um, that it is Israel that where all these kibbutz were, kibbutzim were. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then on the other side of that, you have, you know, Gaza, Gaza. where mm-hmm. the Palestinians are. And so kibbutz are, tem- uh, uh, excuse me, the kibbutzim are typically um, not religious. They're more liberal. They're more interested in... Um, uh, relations with uh, Palestinians trying to b- build peace. Israel wants to have peace. It's not actually interested in consistent war. What Hamas wants is Hamas does not want peace and has, Hamas wants to destroy all of Israel. Right. Um, they are not interested in a solution. They are not interested in a compromise. They are only interested in the death of of all Jews and the destruction of Israel. And if you don't believe me, or if you think that that's somehow a, uh, an exaggeration, or I must be listening to the wrong media or whatever, there are literally interviews that you can look up on YouTube or um, you can see on the news because they've had them there, regardless of what anyone right now thinks of um, uh, mainstream media they are um they do have to be balanced if they want to be legitimate but they have put up interviews that have been with Hamas leaders and the Hamas leader had i mean i watched him he said he said um Israel and Jews love life they love life they he literally says they love life and then he says we he goes we are willing to die and Palestinians and Muslims, it doesn't matter if you're a child, doesn't matter if you're a woman, doesn't matter who you are. We are willing to die for Allah and the land that we believe is ours. So they have no problem using children and women as um, human shields. They have no problem with their people dying. Of course, mothers, you'll see them crying and stuff because any mother would when their husband dies or their child Mm -hmm. dies or whatever. And it is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. They, but it is the reason they know how the West feels. They know what the West thinks and they're master manipulators, Hamas, this is, they're master manipulators and they're profound liars. You know, if, if. I just want to say that according to the belief system that they yeah. have with their, because they're in the same way that we have like several different kinds of Christians, okay? Yeah. Like we all believe in Jesus, but we have like, well, yeah. we think this and we we'll think that. There are several different kinds of um, Muslims. Right. The Hamas right now, the Muslims that they are, which I believe is Sunni, is it? Well, I don't think even if it's Sunni or Shia, they, they m- many Muslims would reject Yes, in the United mm. States especially, yeah. many Muslims reject these ideas. These yeah. are radicals with with Hamas. That's why I continue yeah. to say Hamas. But right. what I was going to say was is that um, from their perspective, and you know what else? Like this isn't a, a new thing, of course. Like you know the book "Not Without My Daughter" or the movie "Not Without My Daughter." I yeah. remember the movie with Sally Field. Okay, so it's about a, a an American woman who marries. Um, I think he's Iran. Iran. He's in Iran. Yeah, an, an Iranian guy, and he wants to go back home and and go on vacation and visit his family. So he takes his wife and his daughter, and they go back to Iran, and uh, he refuses to leave. And it's this terrible, terrible situation. And she has to get out of there. So she takes her daughter and leaves. But one of the things that we learn, um, I read the book as well. One of the things that you learn is that they have no problem lying 
And it's if you're talking to a Jew or if you're talking to a Christian, someone who is not Muslim, to lie to them is perfectly acceptable. Mm-hmm. There's no problems in lying. So they don't, Hamas can lie and lie and lie. And there's no real consequence for them. They don't believe that they're doing anything wrong because this is all for Allah. This is all for the Muslim Palestinian state, the the land. And so, um, and so uh, they will lie and they will manipulate and they will allow their women and children. They put their their headquarters and their um they put their rockets their ro- in, 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 in under schools. hospitals and in schools and all that hoping like they want to pull you in hoping that terrible things will happen so that they can totally manipulate and cry out to the world and say look what's happening to us look how horrible israel is or look how horrible any country is that's coming after them um be- so that uh, it will gain empathy if i can you know if 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 your experience, you know, depending on how old you are, it, where it can feel like, man, what's the problem? How our whole lives, why can't, why can't there be peace in the Middle East, right? This feels like, oh, this is impossible. This has never happened. I want you to notice that every time it looks like we've got a solution, every time we're right on the cusp of, so the, of, of, okay, things are moving in the good direction. Yes, this is going to be where we can coexist. And well, they were on the that's verge, what, so right. That's what I'm saying. So, so here we are and, um, you know, working toward a, a situation where Saudi Arabia, which has enormous clout in the Middle East, obviously, was ready to acknowledge uh, Israel, like this is a big deal. Mo- most of the countries won't acknowledge the state of Israel. They won't affirm them as having a right to exist. It, they, they, they won't affirm the legitimacy of Israel as a state, as a, as a, and they won't so, acknowledge them. and so if they won't acknowledge that, then, then they, they can continually justify, um, saying, get out, you're an occupier, yada, yada, yada. So here, Saudi Arabia is about to make a major, major step. I think that day they were going it was, to possibly it was coming, sign. It, it was in the news, and um, and um, they were going to sign like peace treaties and stuff. And and it, I don't know that it was that day, but it was coming. And uh, and so what happens? This everything happens so that they're like, well, now it can't happen. Now this is impossible. Every time. Every time, because those those who say we don't want Israel to exist, we don't want there to be a state, they will sabotage peace right. every time. And what does the world do? Eventually, the world blames it on Israel. Right. The, well, and again, that I believe that comes from a, a like these kids in these colleges and that have come out against Israel or they mm-hmm. petition. Like I don't think people, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think people, I don't think these kids understand what's happening. I think that they see all these terrible things that are happening and um, they don't understand the history. Right. I mean, they listen, in the United States of America, um, you can be going to college and becoming a lawyer and you hardly know anything about anything outside our borders. Mm-hmm. And kids who aren't doing those things or whatever, they hardly know what's happened in their own history. Right. They don't know. They don't like if you do those things, you know, where you go around, you ask people questions on the street. Like, nobody knows our own history in the United States, much less overseas. And so, um, and so there's this, there's this, um, this misunderstanding. And again, it comes down to ignorance. When you don't understand things, when you, when you, um, I, I think this is what happened in Germany. I think there was a tremendous amount of ignorance, and so Hitler was able to indoctrinate people that weren't able to fact check, which, by the way, everybody should always do. Um, A lot of people get irritated, like, why does everybody keep fact checking? Because there are that many manipulators and liars out there. There are that many people looking to pull you to their side of things. I don't care if it's the left or the right. The right has just as much motivation as the left does. You need to fact check everything. Right. so anyways, but I wanted to say that, um, so Israel, when, when Hamas, when this happened uh, two weeks ago, Hamas put out a statement, I think the same day, and said anyone who was trying to create peace with Israel 
this is what will happen. Right. Because they didn't discriminate. They killed plenty of Arabs. They have, they have, uh, I believe, uh, well, I know for a fact, they have Palestinian Israelis <clears throat> or Arab Israelis in captivity right now. Right. Well, one of your high school friends. His son and his, uh, his sister-in-law and brother-in-law and their family are in captivity. Right. So they don't discriminate. This isn't about them just doing this to Jewish people. They will take out whoever they need to take out uh, to destroy Israel and the West. Right. So, um, so we need to pray. We need to be praying yeah. for... Um, and we need to stand up. And we, we need to stand up. You know, I was talking with a friend of mine, and she is not Jewish. So, of course, you know, she runs in all kinds of circles, of course, as does everybody. But her Gentile friends were telling her to, you know, basically take off your Star of David and, you know, hide and, and you know, don't let anybody know. I've, I've talked to other Gentiles, and they're like, oh, I'm telling people to, like, take down pictures of your children and take down comments that you have on Facebook and take all those things down because clearly they're afraid. And when we're afraid, we go into self-preservation mode. And first of all, I don't think any of us are special enough for Hamas to come after. And if they are going to come after to anyone, they'll come after, like, us. I mean, we're, like, really out there. Um as far as compared to people who just have a Facebook account or on or, or on Instagram. But um, I don't think Hamas is going to come after you or your children in particular. Uh, but then she went to the synagogue because she has Jewish friends and she wanted to be supportive and, and she loves Jewish people. And so she went to the synagogue and... In the synagogue, they're like, you wear your Star of David. You wear your kippah. You stand up for who you are. We will not cower. We will not be afraid. We're not going to let them do this to us. You know, after the Holocaust, it was never again. Never again. And so if we're going to, if we're going to be strong, if we're going to stand, we have to stand when it's really threatening, not just when it comes to a virus that we all have a controversial thing to, to, to comment on or masking that we all are like, you know, I want a mask or I don't want a mask or whatever. But when there's an, a, a real, a real terrible, terrible thing happening here, we have to stand up. And if you can't stand up now, if you can't stand up for your Jewish brothers and sisters, because as Christians, Christians are supposed to love the Jewish people. There is replacement theology out there that is incredibly demonic, and it is what Hitler based all of his actions on. He called Jews Christ killers, and he he justified murdering millions of Jews because they, quote, they killed Jesus. Um, again, more ignorance. Uh, but this is replacement theology. It is replacement theology is a demonic, demonic, thought and uh, a, a demonic teaching. And so we have to stand up. And if we aren't able to stand up now, then when is it people think that Christians are going to be able to stand up? When this truly comes to our shores? Right. When, when it, we're being, when we're really being persecuted? Because we have not been persecuted thus far. We really, really have not. One of the, um, a book I would really recommend, you can get it on Kindle right now. It's only like three bucks or something. Um, but Dr. Brown, Michael L. Brown, has written a book called um, Christian Anti-Semitism, uh, Confronting the Lies in Today's Church. And uh, I think it's an important book um, mm -hmm. to read and to become familiar with um, so that so that we we know. Um, and so I would encourage if you're looking to if you're saying, look, there's a lot of things I don't know, a lot of things I don't understand, um, then. Um, Again, the the book uh, written in two thousand three by Alan Dershowitz, "The Case for Israel," is a good book, and then uh, Dr. Brown's book on Christian anti-Semitism, I would I would recommend, um, and um, and continue to stand. Right. So here's the thing, and we can end with this because okay. we we've been on a long time now. Yeah. Um, when you're dealing with any kind of uh, supernatural experience or um, uh, demonic type of experience um what gives it power or if you're in a haunted house like literally a haunted house or whatever not that i'm saying like that's not like halloween haunted house but <laughs> um when you give into your fears 
when you give in to what this entity wants you to experience, which is fear and intimidation, you empower it. You give it power. So when something happens like this and Hamas or Hezbollah or whoever comes and tries or, or ISIS comes and tries to strike fear into us. Yes. Are we going to feel fear? Yeah, because we're human and it's scary and it's terrifying. But if we give in to that fear, if we show them we're afraid, if we back down, it empowers them and they recognize they have that kind of authority over us where they can control us through fear. And we cannot give in to that. We have to stand up for what is right. If Jesus were here, you know, we all were in the early 2000s and the late 90s, I think it was, we were all wearing those bracelets that are like, what would Jesus do? Jesus would stand up. I mean, for crying out loud, he was Jewish. They would stand up and he would say, do not be afraid. Be still and know that I am God and stand up for what is right. You know, it's so important to... I know churches are afraid. I have gone online trying to find churches that are supporting Israel. And you have to really dig deep into their websites and to find the, in fine print, we are praying for Israel. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's in there, but you can tell they're afraid. The more of us who stand up, the more of us who are not afraid, the more they lose, the more the enemy goes, okay, this isn't working. And it ends that, it stops that because Hamas or ISIS or Hezbollah or whatever terrorist organization is out there or, or, or what the enemy and the enemy that is underpinning all of that wants to bring fear, fear. And, uh, but yeah. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. No, he's given us a spirit of love and power of a sound mind. Right. And so we have to stop. We have to cling to that, and we have to do what is right. Amen. All right. Well, this isn't our typical podcast, nope. and uh, we'll try to be a little lighter. I think next, next week next we'll – I couldn't do one last week. I just was not in a place to be able to do one. And then this week I just felt like if I didn't talk about it, I felt like I was dismissing what was going on in the right. rest of the world. And so um, – and these You don't things, want to be guilty of that same thing of like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to make people No, I understand that feeling. Yeah. I, I mean, we all, I think have that feeling but i would feel even in regards to my children i would feel irresponsible to not talk about it because this affects me personally and my children personally let me close let me close with this just to read one verse and it's but next week we're gonna go back we're gonna because we just we need a little (laughs) lightheartedness you know but um but Hebrews thirteen three, which uh i mentioned man did i ever finish the history of israel yeah we got we i mean we we okay we basically did. I mean, that's kind of a, that's a lot to do in a podcast. I think. You well, I mean, it. no, just really, really quickly. Like, did I get through? Yeah, you I can't got remember. to the 2000s. Yeah, you got to the yeah, 2000s. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can't yeah. remember now. We've talked about right. so many things. All right. Hebrews 13, 3 says, remember the prisoners. Remember the captives as if you were fellow prisoners. And remember those who are mistreated as if you were also suffering bodily. And so let's uh, be those who in, while we are not, captive and we are not suffering that we would pray and and think and consider um, those who are and keep them close to our hearts and continue to lift them before the Lord. All right. All right. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Shalom, shalom. Have a beautiful day.